Let the tanning beds come on. <laughs> good morning, everybody. How are we doing? How is the 1030 service doing? Good? Smile at me. Let me know you're happy. Are you happy? All right, all right, all right. Well, if you don't know who I am, my name is Pastor Derek, and uh, I'm the lead pastor at Connect, or I like to say the lead servant, and we're so glad that you are with us on this special occasion, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, can you help me welcome all our online and cable viewers? Can you guys give them a big hand? We'd like to say hello to all you that are watching online. Praise the Lord. Yes, yes. And then um, before I go forward into today's message, which is, you know, revolving around a certain special happening today, I don't know if anybody caught on to that. If you didn't, uh, we'll pray for you after service. But, uh, but um, last week, uh, something happened here at Connect. It was a Saturday last week, and this is going to sound like a little kind of crazy uh, segue, but um, we had a funeral service here for um, a dear friend of, of this ministry, um, been a part of Connect for, for many, many years and um, deeply loved by uh, a lot of people that are in this church. And um, he, uh, he changed a lot of people's lives. As a result, uh, even in his death, um, he impacted so many people. And there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people here last Saturday. Like 350 people filled this room. And um, the results of a funeral were that lives were changed forever. In fact, this may sound very unorthodox for you. But uh, I had what's what we call an altar call. It's basically an opportunity for people to make a decision of faith. And 25 people gave their life to Christ at a funeral. Yes. Yes. And uh, that's, that's, that nothing beats that. But, uh, but right up underneath that, I just want, the reason I was wanting to say something was because um, I'm so proud of our dream team. Our dream team is our, our volunteer organization. We, we think volunteers down here, then there's employee, and then there's dream team. And so because people that are on the dream team are doing things that are making a difference, that, that um, when you go to bed at night, you know you did something that made an eternal difference. And so there are people that came here on a whim. And I can't tell you as a senior pastor, so I'm really speaking to my dream team right now. But I'm on the phone with uh, a, a woman that I love, and she lost her husband, and uh, she's asking me if we can have a funeral here in like four days, five days, something like that. And I realize it's a big ask, you know, for my team because it's going to be a big event. We actually served, you know, food for everybody. We were here like eight hours, 350 people. It was a big deal on, on like less than a week's notice. And I was just, I knew my team would come through. And I just said, yes, absolutely. We will serve the socks off your people. Don't worry about it. It's going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome and hung up. And then I said, Lord Jesus, pray they come through. I pray they come through. I pray they come through. And you did. You came through so big. And I just want to give a big shout out to our dream team. You guys rocked it. You rocked it. And I couldn't wait to tell you that. I couldn't wait to tell you that. I'm serious. It was just a proud moment as a pastor. And we, we saw Muslims saved. Jews give their life to Christ. All kinds of people, all different walks and stages of life because Jesus is on the throne. He still does amazing things. And even through our, our, our transition from this life to the next, which for a Christian is a graduation. Come on, somebody. People's lives can still be changed. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's good stuff. I am highly caffeinated this morning, so I hope you guys are ready to have a great service. Praise the Lord. You can get your worship guides out and you can follow along with me. Um, we're going to do a one-off, which basically means that we're parting from our series the Helper, which is a whole series on the Holy Spirit, and we're going to do a special service today. Uh, this service is a day where you don't, you know, tell uh, your mama jokes. We don't do that today. This is not a good day for that. Uh, this is Mother's Day. Come on, everybody. Mother's Day, right? It's a big day. 
And so uh, today's message is entitled Wise Women. I was going to call it Beauty and the Beast, but I thought I'd spoil the movie. Uh, you know, in my house, we know who those two people are. Uh, it's pretty obvious. By the way, all the ladies, did we have a great day yesterday at uh, our Rising Conference? Yeah, I heard awesome, awesome stuff about that yesterday. Just awesome stuff. So anyway, today, um, it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to minister to you all. Our first service was extremely powerful, and this is going to minister to everybody, but I really, really, really want to talk to the ladies, and, I, and I, even more so, uh, I want to acknowledge and I want to talk to the moms, um, because I think, I think what happens a lot of times is moms don't, sometimes don't even want to come to church on a day like today. Uh, women sometimes don't want to come to church on a day like today because they feel like they're going to get beat up or they're going to be compared to someone or something else. In fact, when you go to the Bible, a lot of times you read this. There's this one particular text, and some of you have been in the church a long time. You're going to know exactly what, what I'm talking about, and you're going to smile or you're going to, you're going to feel something. But, the, you know, the Proverbs 31 woman. And, and you're like, you know, there's, there's, this, there's this message from the scriptures that, you know, we're, all the women are called to be the Proverbs 31 woman. And, and when you read this particular text, for those of you who are not familiar with it, inside that text, it, it, it makes a woman out to be like Wonder Woman. And by the way, I'm all for Wonder Woman. June 2nd, it comes out. Come on, somebody. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Femininity meets fierceness. <laughs> all right, anyway, I got to get back on track. This is church. Um, but I love, I love this particular chapter, but I think, it makes, I think it makes women afraid. I think it makes women discouraged and upset because they read this Proverbs 31 thing, and it's like, this, this woman's like Wonder Woman. I mean, she's the CEO of a company. Um, she's got employees. You can read it for yourself. She buys and she sells stuff. She's got money. She can pay for things herself. You know, she's, she's great in the office She's awesome at home. She like sews and makes all her kids clothes, and uh, and, and she's she's like she's she's got it all going on. She's probably a hottie too. I mean, discouraging, ladies, right? It must. Be, you read the Proverbs thirty-one, and that's what the Bible says you should be like. And then in the world, oh my gosh, it's even worse in the world. You got to be you got to be Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Da, 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 da. That's old school. Nobody knows that song anyway. Get out of there. Get out of the eighties. Get out of the 80s. Okay, I can't. All right. See, our world wants a wonder woman, but the Bible actually wants you to be a wise woman. Turn to your neighbor and say, wise woman. That's what the Bible wants for you. Okay? Now, I think you can have, I think you can have or be um, a, a, a Proverbs 31 woman or a wonder woman, but a lot of times the conditions of Proverbs 31 are not met in the Bible. In other words, when you look in the scriptures, you'll see that, this, this Proverbs 31 woman was supported by her kids and by her husband. In fact, look in your notes in Proverbs chapter 31. This scripture will come up right now. It says, her children respect her and bless her. Her husband joins in with words of praise from the message. See, if you want to see a Proverbs 31 woman, we need to also see Proverbs 31 kids and husbands. Come on, somebody. All the ladies say, amen. <laughs> ladies, you had a better chance than that. Yeah, so, so sometimes we're not, we want something, guys, kids, we want something, but, but we got to have that, we got to have that, we got to have kids that call her blessed, we got to have husbands that are found praising her because they'll rise to the level of our appreciation. In fact, this is a great phrase, you can write it down, but appreciation is the fuel for love. Appreciation is the fuel for love. I mean, if you want, 
If you want to, to, you want to know that you're loved, then you want to hear or feel appreciated, don't you, ladies? Yeah. In fact, all the moms, raise your hand. Any moms in the house, raise your hand. All the people, raise your hand. Stand up. We are going to appreciate you right now. All the moms. Come on, stand up. Stand up. Come on, stand up. Stand up. Let's give moms a big, big praise. Come on. You guys do a great job. No, 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 no. Stay up. Stay up. We're going to give you a little more than that. Come on. Honor the moms. Honor the moms. You are blessed. We praise you. We honor you. Amen. Amen. They're like, they're like I don't want to stand up. I don't want to stand up. You're not, you're not, you, don't even, you get so little, you don't even know how to get it when it's there. It's unbelievable, you know? Motherhood is tough. <clears throat> it is the most underpaid, you know, underrecognized job on the planet. It's hard work, what you ladies do. If it wasn't, you know, I heard one person say, if, if motherhood wasn't hard work, why did it start with labor? <laughs> That's funny. I don't care what you say. That is funny. I mean, I was, my wife had four, four, four babies. I, I, I wasn't one of those guys that was like smoking cigarettes with a remote control waiting for the baby to come out. I was there. Okay, I was like right up there. Like, here you go. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see how this is going on. And, and I, I, remember, I remember just like every single one of them because I was traumatized by the experience. Like it's, it's tattooed on my brain. Like I'll never forget it. It was It was horrible. I was, but I was amazed. I was like, this woman is incredible. Who can do this? I remember after every single child, I thought to myself, if it was, if it was upon me, a husband, that if the populating of the planet was the responsibility of me, it would be the end of the world as we know it. It would be over. I would have no Qualm, no quarrel with anybody if they ended after that. There's no doubt in my mind. I am petrified to be pregnant. <laughs> For no other reason, women, mothers should be praised. It's incredible, 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 incredible. And then I'm amazed today that, that in, in, in the Bible, you know, people looking for stuff, but it ain't there, I promise you, where women, because they work, you know what I mean, then they feel less than. Listen, it, it, is, it is a righteous act to go into the world and make a living. It, don't feel guilty about that. I hate that I just, I put an edict out today. That messaging is wrong. I, I have no problem with women to stay home. I think it's awesome. You're working, you're working full-time too. Women that stay home, you're working full-time. Women that go out to work, you're working too. Listen, whether you're a domestic engineer, you have a job out in the world, you know, God bless you. There's a special grace upon you, but don't, don't feel guilty about it. What you're not doing or what you could be doing or what you should have done. And all, it's incredible. And the world just puts that on you. There's, not, there's very few women that don't struggle with guilt. I've heard, I heard a story that, or, or a quote or something like that. Find a woman. If, if there's a woman that doesn't struggle with guilt, at the end of it, you'll find a man. <laughs> Mothers, they're all struggling with guilt. You know what I mean? Men, oh, we don't care. Like, I, you know, how many kids you got? I don't know. Between one and four. I don't know. When's the last time you've seen them? No idea. <laughs> Click. You know what I mean? We just they're run, Some kids running around. W moms are just all freaking out about it all the time. And they're so preoccupied with it. And we're, we're like, just put a passy in his mouth. He'll eventually shut up. <laughs> you know, but he's been crying for six hours. He's got to learn. He's got to learn. 
Guys, just, we just don't have any guilt, okay? So when it comes to moms, basically, it's not one size fits all. And we need to appreciate moms. And we need to, stop, we need to get rid of this, this, this Wonder Woman myth. In fact, write this down if you're taking notes. Your big idea is this. God has not called you to be a Wonder Woman, but a wise woman. A wise woman. Now, I'm going to kind of take a text that you probably haven't seen before, and, and, and you're going to see some stuff inside here, moms and ladies and gentlemen, that is going to really, really, I hopefully motivate you in a powerful way, okay? This is taken from 2 Samuel chapter 20. Are you guys ready for the reading of the word? Yes. So 2, Ch- 2 Samuel chapter 20, verse 1, this is what it says. Then a wise woman, you may want to circle, underline that, a wise woman cried out from the city, Here, here, please say to Joab, come nearby that I may speak with you. When he had come near to her, the woman said, Are you Joab? He answered, I am. Then she said to him, Hear the words of your maidservant. And he answered, I am listening. Now turn to your neighbor and say this. It's good to see a man who finally listens. (laughs) Just kidding. So she spoke, saying, They used to talk in former times, saying, They shall surely seek guidance at Abel. Abel, by the way, is a city, okay, not Cain's brother in this particular text. Some of you know what I'm talking about. And so they would end disputes. I am among the peaceable and faithful in Israel, she said. You seek to destroy a city and a mother, circle that word, mother in Israel. Why would you swallow up the inheritance of the Lord? Look what Joab says. And Joab answers and says, far be it, far be it for me that I should swallow up or destroy anything. That is not so, but a man from the mountains of Ephraim, Sheba. Now, Sheba's not a girl, it's a guy. The son of Bichri, by name, has raised his hand against the king, against David. David's the king. Deliver him only, and I will depart from the city. So the woman said to Joab, watch his head will be thrown to you over the wall. How many know you don't want to mess with this mother? This is one tough mother. Then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people, and they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri, and threw it out to Joab. Then he blew a trumpet, and they withdrew from the city, every man to his tent. So Joab returned to the king at Jerusalem. What an incredible text. Is everybody tracking with me this morning? So here's what's going on. Basically, again, the Bible doesn't want you to be a wonder woman, but a wise woman. This wise woman, this mother, there's, she sees a crisis in her city. She's... she's She becomes aware and responsible for a crisis in her city. And Joab has been given instructions from King David at the time, along with one of his um, mighty warriors, uh, to go and find this rebel, Sheba. So Sheba, when you see that word Sheba, you need to, this rebel, basically, it's referring to rebellion. So when you see something in the Old Testament, it can can be literal, but then it can be translated. Uh, or understood by us as more, um, more uh, uh, what's the word I'm, I'm looking for? Literal, and then the opposite is figurative. Thank you. <laughs> Why don't you get up here? Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, so this is referring to a rebellion, okay? So, so David says, I want you to go deal with that rebel. I want you to go, or God could say to you and me, I want you to go deal with that rebellion, and so Joab and, and um, Abishai go, and they come to this city where there is this rebellion. David's basically saying, I want you to wipe this guy out. Sheba is bad news. In fact, in a previous translation, it says that, that Sheba was more dangerous than Absalom. Absalom was his, 
his recalcitrant son, his rebellious son. And so he's like, I need you to take him out. You need to go get him. You need to wipe him out. But, but basically, amazingly enough, in this particular story, this city of Abel takes in this rebel and they, they fortify their city, they close up their gates, they lock it down, and they, they, they protect him. They, re, they protect this rebel. And so Joab comes to the city, and this is what the story said, comes to the city looking for a rebel. They won't let him come out, and they take battering rams, these big, huge trees, these long logs, and they start, boom, right up against the gate with the mighty warriors, boom, right up against the gate. And they do this, they just do this all day long, 8 p.m., 9 p.m., 1 a.m., 3 a.m., 5 a.m., boom, 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 battering rams against the city. Imagine the conditions of the city at this particular time. Imagine what it must have been like inside. Everybody's telling, the mothers are trying to put their kids to bed. It's going to be okay. It's going to, boom, it's going to be okay. It's going to, boom, it's going to be okay. Don't worry about it. Just calm down, boom. You know what I mean? Trying to sing the little nighttime songs, you know, twinkle, boom, little, ah. And, and, And the kids are thinking at any point in time, you know, the, the walls, the gates are going to come down. And the mom's trying to relax them, and she can't relax them. And she knows that, that, that destruction and death could be on the way as, these, as these, these mighty warriors are outside the door. I think sometimes we feel that way as people. I think sometimes mothers, you feel that way with regards to your family and your finances and your, and your health and your kids and what's going on in their lives. You feel like all around you, you're under attack. You're being besieged by the enemy. Battering rams against your family, battering your rams against your marriage, battering your rams against your, the future and the plans of your life. Boom, 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 one at a time. All those things are happening in your life. You feel surrounded sometimes. This message is for you. Because when that happens, the Bible tells you you need to be like a wise woman. You don't have to be a wonder woman. You just need to be a wise woman. And so this woman basically is saying, what's the issue? Somehow in this situation, this crazy uh, scenario that's going on here, she rises up. It's like, what, what is, what's the issue here? She, she takes a certain responsibility in the middle of that. She, just, she assumes responsibility in a male-dominated society that particular time. The elders at the gate, nobody's saying anything. Nobody's doing anything. Nobody's making any decisions. Nobody's calling any shots. She rises up, and she goes to speak with Joab. A wise woman steps up. A mother steps up. Not a man, a mother. And she basically is like, if, 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 my, if my family's going to perish, if my children are going to perish, if this city's going to go down in flames, I'm going to at least try to do something about it. Here's your first point. Write this down if you're taking notes. Wise women are responsible. They're responsible. I believe God wants women that will take responsibility. God wants women that will take responsibility when no one else will. Instead of looking around and saying, well, he's not doing anything, and they're not doing anything, and it seems like nobody's going to do anything, wise women say, I'm going to stand up and take responsibility. I'm going to do something about that. They, a wise woman is responsible, and their attitude is, I'm going to do whatever is necessary. I'm going to do what it takes to save that which is important to me, that which, is, that which matters to God. If I have to fast about it, pray about it, say something about it, I'm going to do something about it. And if you don't have a man, if you don't have leadership, let's just say that's taking responsibility in your life, then you have been graced and gifted to do something about it, women. Mothers, you have a grace upon you to do something about that. 
Verse 19, it says this, and this is, this is this wise mother speaking. She says, hear me, Joab. You seek to destroy a city. And she says this, and a mother in Israel. She doesn't even say a mother of, uh, of her own family, her own children. She's talking about a mother of Israel. She take, it implies an even greater responsibility than her own little world, her own little problems. She was taking responsibility at a greater level than sometimes we do in our own situation. Sometimes we're not getting the blessing of God on, on our personal mess because we're not into or supporting or being a part of his agenda and what's important to him. She says, hear me, Joab, I'm a mother in Israel. I'm taking responsibility for my country, my city, my friends, my family if I have to. She was concerned about her children, and she was concerned about her children's children. She was responsible. She was concerned about these battering rams continuing to come up against her. Mothers, you were created to be responsible. Number two, wise women are respectful. Everybody say respectful. So she, 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 she respected authority in her life. She recognized and respected authority in her life. She spoke in terms of honor about the person, place, or thing that was going, that was around her in her particular life. She spoke respectfully about her city and her dwelling place. She wisely spoke to Joab. She basically said, you know, let me tell you about this city. Let me tell you about this, this, this thing you're getting ready to destroy, this, this, this fortified city you're getting ready to destroy. Let me tell you about all the people inside here that you're getting ready to wipe out. You may not understand this. And then she goes on to use a parable or a proverb. She says, in former times... Look at this in verse 18. It says this. I think it's up there. Do you have that, guys? And ready. So she spoke saying, they used to talk in former times, saying, they shall surely seek guidance at Abel, that's that city, and so they would end disputes. So this city was known as a place where if you needed direction in your life, you would go to Abel. If you needed an answer to a problem, you would, sounds like the church, by the way, doesn't it? If you needed a solution to a situation in your life, you needed refuge from, from your enemies, you would go to Abel, and there you would find the answers. There, it would, whatever the problem was, it would be over. The disputes would be ended. Is everybody tracking with me? And she's painting a picture to Joab. She's saying, you're, you're about to destroy this. You're about to knock down these walls. And I think the secret, ladies and gentlemen, but in particular mothers, is when we speak in terms of honor to authority, it activates the favor and blessing and the supernatural intervention of God into our lives. Oh, you could just say an amen once in a while. It might make your pastor feel a little bit better. Or an oh me, if that's what you feel like inside. Honor, in other words, will short circuit or fire up the, the, the intervention of God in your life. But men, it's, it's important to realize this about the ladies that are in your life. Don't minimize the role of a woman. Don't, don't marginalize the voice of a woman. Because there's something inside of them that can actually draw out things in you. There's something inside them that might actually cause you to, uh, to not make certain mistakes. And, and, and amen. And, and, and cross certain lines and, and, and destroy certain things that are important in your life. It was a mother in Israel who said, my prayers and my intercession and my words can make a difference. And so she petitioned God's man in this situation. She was trying to say about the city, the problem solver is actually in this city. The solutions are actually here. Don't destroy what God made. Don't destroy what God put here. She was powerful when she petitioned this man. And, and I, I would say, just as a parenthetical, if, if we would talk... If we would talk about our church 
the way that, that, that this woman talked about the city of Abel. It'd be amazing what God could do. I, yep, another opportunity. They missed it right there. So, in other words, in other words she's saying, I, I, this, is my, this is my conviction. I believe the church is the hope of the world. I believe there's, there's, there's no, organiz, no, no organism or organization that is administering truth that literally can change eternity except the local church of Jesus Christ. The Bible says through the church, the manifold wisdom of God is made known. So when we talk about, when we see our church is under attack, praise God, we're in a healthy place right now. But the more that we try to do for the things of God, the more the enemy will try to attack the thing that God is trying to do through the local church. And so we need to be able to stand up sometimes. We need to be able to say, hey, don't come with batting rams against this church. We need to be quick to pray, quick to resist the devil so he'll flee. We need to speak words of life. We need to be protective. Hey, this is the, we need to promote what's happening in the local church. That's what this wise woman did. She said, this is the place where you can find answers in Abel. This is the place where if you have a problem, it can get solved. This is a place where if there's a dispute, it can get resolved. What if women, what if men, what if everybody talked about the local church the way we're being a to talk about Abel. What could God do? Can I get an amen? I believe God wants to do great things through us. This woman was a wise woman. This woman was also powerful, not only because she was re responsible and respectful, but the second part of this verse, it says, she says, I am among the peaceable and faithful in Israel. Peaceable and faithful. Everybody say faithful. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get a little, ladies, I'm going to get a little prickly here for a second, okay? So, everybody ready? Buckle up, buckle up, buckle up. So, I want you to listen with your ears. Excuse me, your heart, not your ears. Okay, listen with your, listen with your ears, but also hear it in your heart the right way, okay? So, I, this, is what I've, this is what I've discovered a lot of times. This is a person who's been in the church a while, and, and I, I've seen that, and this is a great thing about women. Women tend to uh, connect with God God's plan, God's purpose is quicker than men, just statistically. They just do. They, they tend to be more faithful. They tend to be people who pray, people who seek God, people get in the word, they get up and go to church. They sometimes are driving and leading the family spiritually more so than men. And, and, and it's, it's awesome. It's amazing. Um, and, and, and they're good at it. They're really, really good at it. Where, where we get in trouble, ladies, notice I'm putting we in to kind of soften the blow, where we get in trouble is we're faithful, but sometimes we're not always peaceable. She says, I'm peaceable and faithful. I'm peaceable and I'm faithful. Peaceable sometimes is more rare to find in wise women. Sometimes we find ourselves, we don't have that peaceable spirit, ladies. We don't see ours, we don't practice a peaceable spirit. Yet the Bible tells us a soft answer turns away what? Wrath. Proverbs 15.1 says that. So imagine this scenario. Battering rams coming against you left and right. You know, this, this, this attack, it's just coming so strong. What if, she did, what if she wasn't peaceable and faithful? Yeah, she spoke up. She was quick, but she wasn't bowing up. See, sometimes there's a wisdom that we need in our approach to authority. So she spoke up, but she didn't bow up. She, she, had, she, was, she had beauty, but she also had brains, right? And so we need to be careful, ladies, that we are peacemakers, not troublemakers in the situation. She could have made that situation far worse, but she was not just res responsible. She was also respectful of authority. And the Bible tells us that we should be that way. Satan, I believe, is afraid of mothers and women who are faithful to God, but he's really afraid if they're peaceable and faithful to God in the process. There's a woman in the Bible, it's not in your notes, but 
this woman named Abigail. She was, she was beauty and brains. And she was married to a fool named Nabal, N-A-B-A-L. This is in, uh, in the book of Samuel. And, and da- da- Nabal was faithful to Saul when David had been anointed to be king. David was going about protecting certain areas, and he was actually protecting Nabal's property. All he wanted was some replenishments and some food, so he came, and Nabal just said some very, very offensive things to David. David decides, as a warrior, he's going he's gonna to take this guy out. Nobody's going to talk to him like that. Dave, you don't mess around with David. David's gonna, king, David, the warrior king, is going to be our series coming up pretty soon. And, and so... Abigail catches word that this one guy, her husband, is literally going to get us all destroyed. So Abigail, in wisdom, as a wise woman, she, she intercedes. And she goes out, and, and, and she, she brings gifts. And I'm sure she's mulling over what she could say to try to defuse the situation. But she postures herself when she comes upon David physically by literally getting down on her hands and knees. And she bows in honor and respect to David and his authority. And then everything after that was just absolutely fascinating story what happens. But she respected authority. Now sometimes you're like, yeah, well, how can I respect authority when he acts like that? I can't, well, you can't honor that. You can't respect that. I, listen, ladies, I get it. I get it. And I don't know whoever the authority is, if it's a father, if it's a, if it's a boss, if it's your husband. We, we need to learn as people to separate honor from honesty. Do you hear what I said? In other words, I honor my parents, but, I, but it doesn't mean I have to respect all the decisions that they made or, do all, or, or abide by all the decisions they make. I honor their position in my life, and their words will always and should always, as a, as a Christ follower and a mature person, have weight. I should consider those words. But I have my own household. I leave and I cleave. I'm responsible for my own immediate family, and so those words have weight. But, but I have to separate sometimes honor the position honestly from sometimes the decision or the behavior. Is everybody tracking with me? Women, we have to do the same thing with the authority that's in our lives. We have to learn how to respect authority. And because Abigail was able to do that, she diffused a situation that could have gone really bad for a lot of innocent people. And so when you can get past your own personal offense, you might get to a solution that is not only beneficial to you personally, but it's beneficial to many people after you. Amen, I will amen all my good points all the way to the end of this message. Ladies, you are called to be a peacemaker, not a troublemaker. God has called you to be a wise woman, not just a wonder woman. It, because what, it, it's really easy to lose respect, isn't it? So you can, it takes a lifetime to get it. But you can lose it like, you can just lose it in a second. But when you lose it, you forfeit the favor of God on your lives. You sometimes, if you, can, if you can maintain that respect amidst the disagreement, amidst the difficulties in your life, you can get God's intervention in your life. Sarah, Sarah with Abraham. Wow, this is a crazy story. Abraham uh, comes upon this king. The king looks at Sarah. She's, the Bible says she was a beautiful woman. Basically says, who's that? Abraham says, my sister. I'm pretty sure that would have created some conflict in my house if I did that with Stacy. You know what I mean? But he was scared. He, you know, and I'm sure there was an argument later. You know, you were a liar and you were a wuss and you didn't stand up for me and you gave me away. What? And, and, and yet the Bible says later on she referred to him as Lord. Just so you don't get any confusion there, ladies, not lard. <laughs> Lord. No, was that an A? No, it was O. Check the spelling. 
the same man, this, this man who did crazy, stupid things, he would try to save Lot and all Lot's followers. Lot did a whole bunch of stuff to mess up and take advantage of Abraham. But Abraham went and rescued 318 of Lot's crew with swords, but he wouldn't raise a butter knife for his wife. Yet she still didn't lose respect for him. There was favor on her because of that. There's favor on generations because of that. Don't lose respect. Don't lose for, for those that are in your life. Don't lose respect for the authority that God's put in your life. Wise women, number three, is my favorite point. Everybody say favorite, coming up. Favorite. Wise women are ruthless. They're ruthless. Now, now I'm going to have to help you understand this, but, but, but basically... Uh, this particular wise woman, this incredible woman, she's basically saying, why are you destroying the city? Why are you here to bust us up? What are you doing? And, 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 and as she's talking with him, uh, Joab responds and he basically says, I don't have a problem with you. I don't have a problem with your city. I don't have a problem with your kids, your kids, kids. I don't have a problem with any of that. My problem is with Sheba. And you are holding someone and let's just put this figuratively, I got that word finally, or something behind the walls of your life that the king does not want there. And if you would get that out, we wouldn't have a problem. Are you guys tracking with me this morning? In other words, Sheba represents rebellion. Rebellion is anything that goes against God's will, God's plan for our lives. And because of that rebellion that was in the city, there was permission from the enemy to, to uh, come up against the battering rams, to come up against the city. And the same thing is true for you and I. Because of the things that we allow to come by the, behind the walls of our life, the fortifications of our faith, yet we still allow some rebellion to remain. Because of that, the enemy can keep pummeling you day and night. Sometimes you feel like you're surrounded. Sometimes you feel like the enemy's, uh, God is against you, not even the enemy. In fact, sometimes you hear a message like this. That's right. I messed up again. That's right. Why are all these bad things happening to me? God, why does all this stuff, all this stuff happen to me? Why don't you leave me alone? Why does it seem like everywhere I turn, my finances, my friendships, my house, my lawn has more weeds than my neighbor. You know what I mean? Whatever it is, you think everything's against you. It's not, God's not upset with everything or everyone in your life. He's looking for that one thing that you have allowed behind the walls of your life. That Sheba, that, re that rebel, that rebellion in your life. He's after that part of your life that is in rebellion against God. And if you get that guy out, that Sheba out of your life, you turn him over. That's what basically this story said. Joab says, if you'll turn that guy over to us, if you'll get that guy out of our life, then we'll stop the battering rams. Everything will cease in just a moment. This, this should be something that we all see and apply it to our life. Now listen to her attitude, ladies. Check this out, okay? She didn't get all squeamish. Oh, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Oh, I don't want to make anybody upset. I don't want to upset anybody. No, she didn't get like that. Look, 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 check it out. She's totally ruthless. In this story, she basically says, yo, Joab, wait outside on the bottom of the wall. I want you to look up. This is my paraphrase from Derek's message translation i want you to be in the bottom of that wall you just look up tonight as soon as it gets dark just keep looking up and all of a sudden you're going to see this big fat head rolling over the top of the wall and it's going to be sheba now i imagine 
This is my little, you know, interpretation of this story. But basically she says in verse 22 and 21, she says, watch, his head will be thrown to you over the wall. Then, then she goes on in verse 22, what she said. She says, then the woman in her wisdom went to all the people. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to paraphrase that in a second. And they cut off the head of Sheba, the son of Bichri. I think she goes to some other moms. That's what I think she did. I think she starts knocking on doors. She's all dressed in leather. She's got some pump long leather boots on, whips in her hand, a hammer from the shed. She's like, I'm getting ready to go gangsta. Any of you girls with me? Come on. I know where he is. I know where he is. He's down in that bar down the street, down in the alley. We're going down there right now. We're taking off his head. I think they did. I think she got a gangster crew of moms, and, and they were just going boss on this guy. He doesn't know what's coming, and they're coming at him like ruthless. They get his head like a bowling ball, and they throw it up over the wall. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> just saying, that's what the Bible says. Here's the point. She wanted her family blessed. She wanted her family protected. She wanted her kids to be able to serve Jesus all the days of her life. She wanted the answers to keep on coming every single week in the city of Abel. She wanted the word to be able to continue to be preached and that be protected. But she was not going to allow some rebel Sheba to mess it all up for everybody that's in this particular location. She was a respectful, she was a responsible, and she was a ruthless mother. Is everybody with me? She's basically saying, why is mom saying, you can't have my family. You can't have my kids. You can't come in here and mess all things up. I don't care who you are, where you came from. I will cut off your head and throw it up over the wall. She didn't have sympathy for sin. And this, this is my point to some of you. Some of you, everybody really in this room, but I'm talking to moms in particular. Some of you are upset because of the battering rams that are coming up against your life, but you've had a sympathy for, you're sympathizing with Sheba. You sympathize with the Sheba spirit. You sympathize with sin and with iniquity and certain uh, egregious behaviors. You've allowed them. You've, the Bible says the devil goes around as a roaring lion seeking whom he may, may, permission, devour. He can't devour you, but you, but you give him permission. You've allowed those. So Joab comes and, and God comes to your life and he says, he says, I'm not looking for to destroy you or knock you out. I just want the Sheba. I just want the rebellion out of your life. Sometimes we must deal with the, the things that the king is not pleased with and move on. Write this down in your notes. The reason the enemy has the right to bring battering rams against you is because of what you've allowed behind closed doors of your life. So listen, moms, men, be ruthless about sin. Be ruthless about it. Get it out. Don't, don't allow it in there. Don't allow certain behaviors to continue. Throw it out over the wall. When you, know, when you do, everything begin to change. The trumpet will be blown. All the problems will begin to cease. It won't, it won't go on like it was before. There's a story in Judges chapter 4. It's not in your notes, but this woman, her name was J.L., strong woman, another, another wise woman. And, 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 and basically this is what's going on. There's this king, Sisera, and, and he, he's an evil king, and he is pummeling the people of God for years and years and years. In fact, the judge Deborah at the time said, through a woman, Israel will be rescued. Amazing, amazing. 
See, women, you, you, minimize, you minimize your role. I'm sick of a church that disempowers women. I, there's an extreme, and we can go the other way, and it gets all wacky and weird. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that women have a voice. Women have a, a call of God on their life. God uses women mightily in the Bible, and he uses them still today. Can I have an amen? amen. And so you need to not just live oppressed. You're not, you, don't need, you don't need to be like, like, like David's you know, concubines and wives where he stored them away and just put them aside and just silenced them. A lot of times women have just been silenced in the church, and God wants to do great things for women. And so this woman, J.L., she, she just stepped up to the plate, and she, she wasn't going to tolerate evil, but this King Sisera got into battle. It looked like, looked like the people of God were going to win. He runs free. It looks like he's going to get away. And as he's running free, he comes to a tent, and he's so tired, he wants to rest and get a drink or something. And, and this woman, J.L., comes out and says, Oh, you can come in here, Sisera. You can come in here. Are you tired? Come on in here. You want to? Yeah, I want to take a nap. Come on in here. I'll, I'll take care of you. Yeah, that's right. You'll take care of me. You want something to drink? Yeah, I like a glass of milk. Matter of fact, well, here is a glass of milk. She says, you know what? You know why don't, why don't you take a nap over here? I'll stand out front. And I'll watch. If any enemies coming, I'll I'll let you know about it. I'll let you know about it. That's a good idea. I think I'll do that. And in his pride, he takes a nap. He lays down. He goes. He's fast asleep from exhaustion. And the Bible says that she takes a tent peg and a hammer and she comes right over to his head. By the way, ladies, this is not a word for the Lord if you're dealing with a stubborn man. This is, this is not what that's about. She takes a tent peg and a hammer and she taps that hammer and that tent peg right through his temple and kills that which is evil in her country. She was ruthless. And here's what I was thinking. When I was reading that, I was thinking, there are women in this room that are facing situations, and you're like, you know, it's not making a difference. It's not making a difference. And I think you need to take that in that mentality of you have a tent peg, and you have a hammer, and you need to keep on praying. My son will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. My husband's going to follow God, and he's going to be set free. Our finances are no longer going to be like this. We're going to have blessing and prosperity on our life. We are not going to allow this evil in our life any longer. And I'm going to take it and I'm going to throw it over the wall if I have to. I'm not tolerating it anymore. I'd like you to stand to your feet because I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to do something different this morning. I'm going to ask every woman and, and in particular every mother that's in this house where you have certain things in your life. You know what they are right away that you are praying for a breakthrough in with your children, with your marriages, with your finances. Maybe it's a physical area of your life. I don't care what it is. I want you to come right down front here. I want to pray for you. All the moms, all the women first. Come on down. Come on down. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. I, I know there's things you're praying for. Come on. Come on. That's good. That's good. Fill the altar. It's good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You can come right inside here in front of me if you want. Create a little space. There's going to be a lot of women coming in. Feel it in real tight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. This is awesome. Awesome. So this is, as you're coming, this is what I want you to be thinking as you're, as you're coming. I want you to think, what do I need to throw over the wall? What do I need spiritually first? Because our battle is not against flesh and blood, right? It's a spiritual battle first. So you win it. You win it in the spirit first. You don't win it in the flesh. This, it starts here. 
this battle line. So we're, we're, we've got this wall around us. That's great. That's awesome. But we've allowed something behind the wall. What do we need to throw over the wall? One act of obedience, listen, can open up favor and blessing on your life. Just one. <laughs> The enemy, he, 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 you've given certain permission. What is it that we've given him permission to pummel your family, to pummel your marriage, to pummel your body, to pummel your finances, to pummel your mind, to pummel your children? Maybe one act of obedience where you say, I am not tolerating that any longer. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to listen, 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 listen. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What is that thing you need to throw over the wall? What is that? Maybe it starts by saying, I'm going to be responsible. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to take responsibility. I'm not going to play the victim any longer in my life. I'm not going to be that. I'm not going to be a woman. I'm not going to be a mom who just says, well, I, when some man steps up to take charge, when some man does what he's supposed to, isn't he supposed to be responsible? No, you were graced by the Holy Spirit to be responsible. You have an incredible, incredible grace upon you where you, if you see it, you can say something about it. If you see it, it's because you're gifted to do something about it. I pray in Jesus' name that over every single woman in this room that accepts this word, that you would grace them to be supernaturally responsible. I can't handle it. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. Yes, you can. You are more than able. You are more than able. You're a conqueror through him who gives you, you, he gives you the strength that you need, the grace that you need. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. I pray for also now a respectful spirit to come over these women. It, it, it's, it's even scary sometimes to talk about it because it's, it's, it's something that women have allowed behind the wall of their life. They don't know how to do it, God. They don't even know how to do it. I say it with compassion over them. They don't even know how to be respectful. Lord, I pray that you would enable them in spite of the abuses of our culture, in spite of the abuses of the local church, in spite of the way authority has taken and not given, in spite of the way that all those things have happened. God, Holy Spirit, do a healing work in their minds and their hearts. Will they not charge uh, to the account of the future, what has happened in the past, that their yesterdays do not keep them from their tomorrows in Jesus' name. Set women free to be respectful, God, to be faithful and peaceable. Blessed are these peacemakers in this house. Blessed are these peacemakers. You, I prophesy over you, you will stop trouble. You will stop trouble in its tracks. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Women in this room will stop trouble in its tracks because of your words and your wisdom. Oh, thank you. I, this, is a, this is a true word for women in this room. You will stop trouble in its tracks because you have been given a peaceable spirit, gentle, quiet, peaceable spirit. It doesn't mean meek and weak or weak. It just means you're, you're still strong, but you know how to administer that strength with grace and truth coexisting equally one to the other in Jesus' name. Now, Father, also I pray in that order, but that you make them ruthless about sin. Ruthless. God, they see it. They see it. I pray that they get up on their knees and they war in the spirit. They war in prayer. They not give up for their husbands. They not give up 
for their sons. They not give up for their daughters and their, and their granddaughters and their grandsons. They not give up for the children and the children's children in Jesus' name. They not give up. They pray and never give up in Jesus' name. Oh, I thank you, God. I thank you, God. Now, we're just going to worship here for a second, and, and I just want to uh, the whole church kind of join us in this. And while, while we're worshiping, just think about, what do I need to throw over the wall? And you, just, you, have, you know what it is? It's on your mind. You just throw it over the wall by faith in Jesus' name. This world thank is you, God. Thank you, God. Come on, church. Let's join in with that. Thank you, God. Thank you.